Hey, everybody, this is Marcia Reiner with Profit with a Plan podcast, and I have a treat for you today. You know, we all get really worried about hiring people because we're thinking, oh my gosh, this becomes an expense. But how would you like to have your employees earn their weight in gold, right? So join us on Profit with a Plan podcast with my guest, Jamie Van Kike, and listen in. You got to hear it. Hey, entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us business owners, increasing your profitability is always on your mind. And you're probably looking for ways to grow your revenue while growing your company. Well, you found a podcast that shares ideas to help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner, known as the Profit Booster, and I'm a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability guide your growth, and plans for a future exit. Because building a highly profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money now and a windfall when it's time to let go. And I want to share strategies that I've learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have this great training I think you need to be a part of. It's called the 30-Day Profit Booster. And this is where I can show you how you can get a 45% boost in net profitability in just 30 days, simply by following a three-step method that doesn't require you chasing more customers. This quick and easy profit-boosting strategy can be done without spending more money on marketing, hiring additional staff, or working longer hours. Go check it out at 30dayprofitbooster.com for more information. All right. Well, I'm excited to have my guest on today. Jamie Van Kike is the owner and lead consultant with Grow Your Team. And she's an expert in hiring and onboarding teams within small businesses. Drawing from over 15 years of leadership experience, Jamie empowers women business owners and leaders to expand their unique businesses by teaching them to master the hiring process. Excuse me. By learning the dynamic of each company and their specific needs, Jamie provides a bespoke hiring framework and a comprehensive guidance that helps women entrepreneurs gain confidence and hire like a pro. On the personal side, Jamie lives in St. Petersburg, Florida with her husband and two daughters. She is a hobby winemaker, yum, loves to travel and enjoys exercise that takes her feet off the ground like rock climbing and aerial dance. Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me today. Great. Okay. So, you know, as, as we, as we're now into the new year, you know, we're, we're working and looking at ways to really, you know, maximize our business. I think hiring is a really super important topic to, to discuss. And that's why I'm so glad to have you on. But before we get started, how did you get involved in, in hiring? Yeah, so it's kind of a weird winding path that got me there. I came from corporate leadership. I was in the operations leadership department of an international marketing company, loved it. And the team that I managed and oversaw was a team of account managers where a lot of our team members were were entry level. It was their first step into the organization, first step, first jobs out of college. And I had an amazing team which meant my team members were always getting poached to go elsewhere with the organization or getting promoted or things like that. So I was 
felt like I was constantly in the state of hiring. Then my mm -hmm. peer managers, they were having the same issue, that they were constantly in the state of hiring because their team members were leaving to do other great things inside the organization. And so I would be hiring for my team and they'd be like, hey, I don't have time to do interviews. Can you do interviews for my team as well? And so I got to do, I got used to doing interviews for a lot of people. Because of this, I worked with HR on special projects, but I really didn't realize that that was a passion or talent of mine until after I left my corporate job. I always wanted to start my own business, started a software development company with my husband. That's six months later, I realized I hate it. I love tech. I love software, but being on that backside of it was not for me. And I'm just like, okay, well, what do I do? I'm not ready to go back to corporate. I need to do, I need to figure out something else. And during that time, I learned that I really love consulting because I was consulting on some projects with the corporate cor organization that I left. And I realized that I had, I had a, a passion for helping people grow their leadership skills. And I was doing a lot of market research to find out what exactly should I be doing? And that's when I discovered hiring was the number one issue in a lot of small businesses. People were struggling to find their very first hires. They didn't know what they were doing. They had never hired before doing it within their own business. And now they're like, what do I do? Or if they hired before, they had this whole structure of, and people, a group of people helping them in corporate that now they're 100% on their own. And they were going through so much trial and error and it was costing them so much money. And they're like, help me. You're helping people gain leadership skills. Hiring is a leadership skill. Help me. And it took a while, like hearing people say, help me, help me. Can you help me? For me finally to be like, wait. I used to do this for myself and other people in corporate all the time. I've worked with HR teams. I know what it takes to hire good people for multiple positions. Let me help people. So in 2018, March, so we're we're coming up on uh, six years now. Oh, congratulations. Launched. Yeah, so I launched Growing Your Team, and we've been helping small business owners through the hiring process ever since. I have to, I have to say, you know, it is... It's a disaster waiting to happen if you don't have the skill set to do this. I mean, right. you're either hiring people because you want to be friends with them, right? Or you want them to like you and you over boost them and do all these things. I mean, it is just a terrible disaster waiting to happen unless you have some structure and you understand exactly what you're hiring for. So I can't right. wait to get into this conversation to really find out how do you make a successful hire? Because it is, it's, you know, I mean, I, I, it, it's a daunting problem. It's scary for the business owner. And, and I just keep seeing that my young companies that, you know, I'd worked with that started hiring, they'd make tons of mistakes. So yeah. I'm glad you're here. But, you know, speaking of mistakes, you know, um, well, first of all, how do we how do we choose people that we want to have in here? Is there a specific formula you use? Yeah. So what we really do when we focus on and growing your team is no matter what our clients are looking for us in terms of level of support, we always start at the exact same place. And that is really finding out who you need on your team. So who is your idea candidate? And depending on the business, this starts at a few different places because you might just be saying, I'm drowning. I need help, but I don't know what type of help I need yet. I just need somebody help me figure that out. Or you might know, I need someone in this specific department to help with these specific tasks. Right. And we start from there. So we really figure out who do you need on your team? 
first, what tasks need to be taken off your plates? Because a lot mm. of time with businesses, we are working with the business owner that is overworked and is ready to delegate part of their job. So this could be delegating and hiring out that very first team member all the way up to the CEO that has a huge team that is still doing all the C-suite roles themselves. So they're still in all senior leadership and we're like, okay, you got this huge team, but you still can't be do holding on to every senior, senior leadership role. So we've helped them figure out how and what to delegate off their plate. So after we fairly figure out this is what the role should look like task-wise, we then have to figure out who is your idea candidate? Who's going to fit into your culture? Who's going to fit in with your leadership style? Who's going to be that person that you say, yes, this person was 100% worth their paycheck? Or, you know what? They're good at what they do. They just never really fit in. I felt like I was butting heads with them every day and it was a struggle, but I just don't understand why. So we help them figure out why someone's going to be a good hire for them. And that's where we always start with. And that's what you always need to know before you do anything else in the hiring process is who is your idea candidate? Who is going to meet your expectations so you're happy paying them six months from now, a year from now, two years from now? Exactly. So, you know, you brought up a couple of points that may be in, in business owners' blind spots. How do they know? When that that person, like they may not know their leadership style, especially if they're just starting, you know, how do they, how do they, is there a process to figure that out? Yeah, that's a good question. Cause you know, it would, I even think back to the questions we ask our clients and we never ask, what's your leadership style? What's your communication style? Some of, of that not. we could pick up right away by how they communicate with us, how they interact with us, what they expect from us, you know, those you know, especially when that relationship is new and positive. So we're able to pick up on a lot of that just based on how the meetings go and everything. And then we're very good about playing detective. So I tell people that you could do this for yourself too. If you say, I want someone who's a team player, well, what does being a team player look like to you? What does that mean? I need someone who communicates well. Well, what does it mean to communicate well in this role? I need someone who's a self-leader. Okay, what does a self-leader mean to you? So we take these these very generic terms that people hear. Sometimes there are these key buzzwords and we say, okay, well, what does it mean to you? We we pull that out. We then say, okay, well, you're telling me over here that you want this. You're telling me over here that you want this. So when I put these two together, what I'm getting is that you mean you want someone that is like this, you know, because it's the combination of those two things. So it's a lot of really digging deep into what does this mean for you? What does this look like in your organization? I love that because that's not just the task oriented of, oh, they need to be able to, <laughs> let me go back to two years ago, type 120 words a minute, right? You know, there's not that tactical skill. This is more interpersonal skills and, and working environments that need to be able to be addressed as well as the actual like, oh, they can swing a hammer or they can run this program or they can answer telephones, right? You know, yeah. it's- it's the different skill sets that that both the the business owner and the employee that you're hiring has to be able to match and gel together. So I like that. Yeah. And just to give a quick example of it to help people really picture what I mean by this is let's look at sales. So you, you're going to hire a salesperson. You're like, I need someone who's a rock star salesperson. And I'm going to go two extremes on this. So for one person, that rock star salesperson is the one that 
makes the sale at all costs. So your job is to make that sale because all we really care about is that revenue. So you're going to sell, sell, sell. If you talk to 100 people a day, maybe it should be 200 people a day that you're talking to and sell, sell, sell. Oh, you can squeeze in this little extra upsell and make it go from a $500 sale to a $600 sale. Yes, we got it because all we care about is that number. And we're those, we're that hard drive sales. And for some companies, that's exactly what they need. And as the business owner, you're like, that's what I want. That's how I'm going to measure. If we don't talk to 200 people a day, we didn't talk to enough people. And then on the other side, there's that salesperson that is more focused on building that relationship, putting out there what is right for that person. Okay, I could sell you this $500 thing, but when I'm listening to you, all you really need is this $400 thing. But I know when I sell you this $400 thing, you're gonna be extremely happy and you're gonna refer me to your friends, which then means I'm gonna make money off of them because they're gonna come to me. Plus, I am going to then get your repeat business when it comes time to renewals or when you need something else. And they're focusing on that long game. They're not focusing on just that sale. Both those people can help a company be extremely successful, but one of those people sounds idea to you and the other person sounds, oh my gosh, I would hate having that person on my team. Well, you know, and I think that's, that's, that's great because you're, they're both solving the problem of getting more sales. It's how they're going to do it. And, and it has to match what you're looking for in your business's long-term goals as well. Do I want repeat business or do I just want turn and burn, sell the product, get out of the way, you know, make the sales go. And I think, you know, when we, when we really look down to it, it could be even that you realize you want a little bit of a combination, right? Yeah. But, you know, but you, unless you've done the inner work, or, or the initial thought process of what you're hiring this person to do and the personality traits, you know, you could end up with the wrong one, whether it's yeah. the soft and gentle one or the, you know, the killer tiger one, right? Yes. Yep. Crazy. Okay. So now when we, when we do these kind of activities, you know, I think, I think the, the, the scary part of, of hiring is actually what do I do when I get them on? Now I have to train them, right? Now I have to come in and and onboard them and get them into the system. Um, do you guys help with that? I mean, is that something that, that the business owner needs to have a plan and strategy with? Yes, we do. And when we're talking about employees that are worth their paycheck and we uh, train on and explain our process on how to make sure you get employees that are worth their paycheck, we talk about hiring, uh, we talk about onboarding as part of that hiring process. So many people think hiring stops once that offer letter goes out, that person accepts it and they show up for day one. They're like, I hired the person, they're here on day one, my hiring journey is over. And then they're like, and now I have my team member. And we say, no, your hiring journey does not actually stop until you're done onboarding because you're hiring someone to be a fully functioning member of your team. They can't be a fully functioning member of your team without a thorough onboarding process, without a thorough training process. So yes, the person is on your team, but we still call it part of the hiring process because if you don't put time and effort into it, that that making that hire was probably a waste of your money to begin with. So we help people create an onboarding plan that is specific to the role and specific to the time and effort and energy they have to give towards training and onboarding somebody. One of the things I wanna kind of talk about here is so many people think onboarding and training, how quickly can I do it? 
How right. quickly can I get this person up and running? Right. And we say that onboarding typically takes, depending on the role, uh, the plans we put together, I think the shortest one was three weeks. The longest one was eight weeks. Okay. And, and it takes time. And a lot of people say that's like, but I need some help now. And we're not saying they don't produce anything of value during that time. It's just that's how long it takes to get through the process. Because if you had, let's say you're hiring someone full time, 40 hours to sit with someone that first week to get them up and running for their job, you probably don't actually need that person. I was just thinking to myself, oh my God, I would never have 40 hours to sit there and train somebody. Yeah. So you only have so much time or the other people on your team only have so much time. So you have to think of as that first week, they're not getting just training. They're getting some training and then some time to apply what they're learning or some time for self-learning. That next week, they're getting more training and more time for self-learning and more time to apply things. So it takes that much time depending on what that person needs to learn and how much time you can actually dedicate to that team member as they're getting up and learning. Mm. As I mentioned, that onboarding is not just straight training that entire time. There is some self-learning going on. So you don't have to be one-on-one. And there's time for them to apply what they're learning. So they can be producing things of value in column A before they ever learn anything in column B. And then it's like, okay, now how do we transition you over to now that you know A and B to be able to do these tasks and these projects? Okay, now that you learn A, B, and C, here's now what you can do independently. So they're doing, we kind of call it the stair-step approach. They have to get to step A. And they can do stuff on step A before they ever think about climbing to step B. And then once you teach them step B, they can move on and do that work too. And this is this is one of those things you have to think about no matter what position you're hiring for, because the biggest thing is, even if you're hiring someone who's an expert, they have never done the role for you inside your company. Right. And as we talked about before, you have to know who you are in your leadership style and your expectations for the role. So now you know that, you have to teach that. So Mm -hmm. how do they access the systems? Who are your top customers or clients or products or whatever it is that they're going to be working directly with or indirectly with? How do you want things delivered? What does it mean to do things right according to you versus what was right according to their last boss? So you might Mm -hmm. not be teaching them how to do the tactical part of their job. You're teaching them how to do the job to meet your expectations inside your organization, how to use your systems, how to get through your processes and so forth. Wow, that is super valuable because we do. Normally when we're hiring someone, it's because we need them yesterday, right? We waited too long. Now we've got all these things that need to be done. So now my plate is full and then I'm bringing somebody on. But I think that in order to make it a successful hire, right? You have to bring them into your, into your culture, into your systems, into your expectations that you want. Right. And then I think that, you know, for the most part, training is never done, right? It's always should have some sort of refresh going on. So if you're setting up those standards and then meeting back with them, you don't just train them and throw them out to the wolves, right? You have something continuous, that, that goes on. Show me what you did. Oh, here's, here's, let's, uh, let's, let's touch base on, on where you are in the process. Right. And how can I improve that? Yeah. So I think yes. ongoing training makes a successful employee as well. Right. It really does. And if you think about it, um, so there's the ongoing training is your business is going to evolve. Their position position is going to change a little bit. So you have to do that ongoing training to make them 
continually be the employee that you want them to be, to be able to, as your business grows, to elevate them into those new positions that come in. And there's that type of training that's going to go on. Just like if you're working for a corporate company, right. the corporate companies that have the best retention rates are those that invest in their employees and invest in that, that uh, professional development training that's going to help that person get to that next level. But then there's also the other training and retraining is that comes about because the people that you are hiring are not you. So you know what you want, what you expect, and how to do things because you made up the systems, you made up the processes, you made up everything. You're deciding what is right and what is wrong and all these things. And it might not be the best way, but it's the way you developed. They don't know that yet. They're not doing that yet. So they're learning your systems, your processes, your expectations, and their interpretation of it is going to be different than your interpretation of it. Nobody thinks exactly like the person next to them. You can hear the exact same thing and in your mind have two completely different interpretations of it. They could be similar, but different enough that those differences make a difference. So a lot of times that retraining is saying, okay, I see what you did there. You did this, but I need this. Here's the gap that I'm seeing and here's why this gap matters and why I need you to bring it back up to what I'm meeting. And let me help you see the difference. Let me help explain the difference. So that's one of the things is people interpret things differently. So sometimes that retraining, that refreshing is just helping to fill in the gaps that they're not aware that they have. An example that I like to give here, just to kind of think about it this way is, we all have movies that we've seen in love. And so we watch them three times, four times, five times, 10 times, 20 times. The movie doesn't change, but that when you watch the movie the first time and when you watch the movie the second time, you picked up on different things. Mm. And sometimes it's those foreshadowing things. You're like, oh my gosh, that character that we were introduced later, he's showing up in the background of this scene right here. Look, look, that's a pivotal thing. But we didn't know it because we didn't know that character yet because it was explained later in the movie. Right. It's the same with training. Sometimes we don't know yet how this interacts with that because we haven't been introduced to this yet. But now that we are introduced to this yet, we need to circle back to that beginning part of that training so we can see, really see how they married together. And because it's really that thing, your baseline changes. So you're able to absorb more, more things, but just like a movie, that first time you watched it, you didn't know you were missing out on things. Mm -hmm. You still enjoyed the movie. You thought you understood the movie. It's not until you go through it a second time that you realize there's this, there's this whole layer of things that went right over your head and you didn't even understand it first. Wow, that's great. And it and it really translates into the employee that you're hiring, right? Because they could have outside skills that you didn't realize that they had that you can now implement in there. And you also maybe didn't realize that their personality or their strengths would be a value or maybe a challenge in this position or that opportunity. So I think that, you know, time, right? And the repeated activities, you start to see the real person coming out. And, oh, yes. um, you, you know, it always reminds me of that, you know, when you start dating, right? The honeymoon phase, you know, where everybody's all lovey-dovey and all that's great. And then after a few months, you start to see their habits that you may or may not like, right? <laughs> so it's that same kind of thing that it takes time. But I love that, you know, we're looking at this as an investment. We're investing in somebody that is going to help our company grow 
and our revenue grow. And therefore, if you invest properly in them and take the time to hire properly, take the time to invest in the training and support and onboarding that they need, and then you invest in time to revisit and keep them engaged in a way that they're going to make great team members for your company that's going to, again, help and benefit. They're out selling your baby every every single day for you, whether it's answering the phone, fixing a problem, or delivering your solution. They're helping you grow your company, so why not invest in them so they can really make their 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 paycheck worthwhile, right? Yes, yes, 100% there. And I think like one of the things that uh, whether you were speaking through that, it reminded me of a conversation I recently had with a business owner. And, and during that conversation, we were talking about someone that was trying to hire just like a front desk uh, receptionist. And they're like, oh, we're really having a hard time getting someone in this role, getting someone to stay in this role. And someone else in the conversation goes, well, Anytime you pay someone less than $20 an hour, it's going to be high turnover. It's not even worth it. We were talking about like how to find the right person. They're like, it's not worth that time and effort when it pays less than $20 an hour because they're going to, there's going to be that high turnover anyway. Mm -hmm. And then I said, well, you're already deciding that that person's going to leave your company before you ever posted the job. So what effort are you putting in to find the right person? What effort are you putting in to make it so they feel like they're part of the team, to feel like they're valued? And yes, like there are people that take those lower wage positions as a stepping stone. There's a lot of cities, a lot of areas where $20 an hour full time, even though it's more than minimum wage, is not enough to live mm -hmm. comfortably. So yes, there are people that that is a stepping stone from them. Maybe they're in school or trying to get to that next thing and they're never going to be there long term. But there are a lot of people out there that that's all they need. They're looking for something to keep them busy. They have another source of income in their household. They're not really looking for something that's high dollar, but they want to feel valued. So when we don't put the time and effort into our team members, no matter the pay level, we're telling them that we don't value you on our team. We don't care. You can leave tomorrow and I will have that position filled. And they're like, okay, well, if you don't care about me, I don't care about you. Hmm. And, you know, in those kind of positions there, if you find the right person, though, and you engage them, they can, because it's a, a an easier position, they can often multitask, right? And they yeah. can come in. So if you're hiring your reception, maybe that reception can also have other tasks that keep them busy, right? And and take another piece of your pie off your plate, right? Yeah. Um, but I love the idea that you're focusing on, let me value you in your role and, yep. and get the most, make the most for you and make the most for me. So it's a win-win situation. And yes. I think that's, um, I love it that, you know, if they've already got the mindset that they're not interested in, in staying, then, then that's usually what happens, right? That's that forward, uh, projection of sort on, onto the person you're hiring, which is, which is terrible because it is expensive to hire, right? It is. You got to pay is. up front. You're not getting any of the work in the middle, you know, in the beginning because you're training and going this, and it takes months to, to get them into a profitable position. Um, so why, why be in a constant hiring wheel? Right. Yeah. You don't want that. And typically if you're in a constant hiring wheel for the same position, 
it is something wrong with leadership. <laughs> unless, unless, like I said, like back when I was in corporate, that they were being promoted and elevated elsewhere. And that's a positive thing. But if you're a small business and they're leaving, so you have that what's called the negative turnover versus the positive turnover because they're going outside the organization for that next opportunity. It's typically a problem with your leadership or it's a problem with uh, your hiring process because you're bringing the wrong people in or there's something going on. So you're not keeping those people on your team. So you really need That's to fine. reflect to see what's going on internally inside your organization and with you if you're in that constant hiring cycle for the same positions. Yeah, you know, that it, that is a really important fact because, you know, a lot of business owners are like, well, this is this is this is my baby, right? I created it. You're going to do it the way I want to because this is, you know, I said so kind of thing. And I don't think anybody wants to work in an I said so kind of way. So, you know, investing as you're growing your company and managing internal people the same as you're managing your customers, right? It takes some skill sets that business owners need to have as they hire on. So that's another investment in personal development for the business owner. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Love it. Well, wow. These are really great insights to do this because, you know, you can't create a business. I, I, I mean, you can, but you're going to hit a ceiling really quickly, but you can't create a business all by yourself in a vacuum and hope that it's going to survive and be a successful company. Team members and employees are the number one way to leverage somebody else's time to grow your business, right? Yeah. So yes. that's why all companies hire, right? Because you can't do everything yourself and continue to, to survive. So in looking at this valuable investment of somebody that's going to sell your company and move your boulder up the hill for you, why not invest the best way you can and hire employees that are going to stay with you and, and be, be comfortable in their position? I don't get it. Right. Yeah. I don't get why they wouldn't. Okay. So knowing that, um, let's, let's do this. So we have a company we've hired really well, or we thought we hired really well. They stayed, they went through onboarding. Uh, we continuously trained. And then now we're kind of at what you've said a few times, they're leaving. So what do we do to make sure that when they're leaving, that they leave on a good foot or maybe we reflect back? Is there any kind of framework we want to use when people leave our company? Yeah. So first, let's start before they leave. Typically, in order for them to really leave on a on that good path, they're happy, they can reflect well on the time that they spent with you is always having those conversations around goals. You should know what your employees' goals are. You should know, you know, not prying, but if they're a person that wants to share about their family or things like this and that, like that you are aware, that you really know your employees. Once again, not prying into their personal details, depending on their personality, they'll share different stuff with you, but you know your employees. So if your employee is leaving for another opportunity, if you really know your employee well, it should not be a surprise because mm. typically if things are going well and they're going to be happy like about their time they spent with you, they're typically leaving because they want something that your business cannot offer. And when you have those conversations up front with your employees, you know that your business cannot offer it. Maybe they're at that point where they want to take that next step in their career. 
but you don't have anything for them to be promoted to based on the state of your business. And you can't make any promises based on on the state of your business that it's going to be available in a year or things like that. So you you want to cheer on that person that they're moving well and they're successful and they can go on. And if it is one of those things that employee is leaving because they're moving and they can't do the job remotely or things like that, that you understand that it wasn't you, it's that they have to make the right decision for them in their life. Mm-hmm. And I think if if it's a team member that was, it was a positive relationship while they were there and you're having those conversations, just once again, remember it. It's not that they're leaving you, it's that they're making that right next step for their life. Right. And that's very important. That's an important way to, fr- to think about that. Because once you think about that, it stings. It's going to hurt when someone leaves you. You're going to have to go through the hiring process again. You're going to have to build someone up, up from scratch. But it takes away a little bit of that sting where it's like, I got the most out of this team member while they were there. I can be happy for them. Because as soon as you turn it into, they're leaving me. I can't believe they're doing this to me. They're leaving me in a lurch. We get into that negative thing. And that team member is going to feel that negative uh, things as they're going to leave. If you're saying, and okay, other I know team you gave- members will feel it too. Yeah, they'll feel it too. If you're like, okay, well, I know you gave me two weeks notice, but I, I just can't do this. You're done in here today. Like that's that whole thing. It's like, oh my gosh, wait, I thought this was a positive thing. And now it's, it's negative. So you want to keep it positive. You want to, you want to cheer on these people, help them, help them get to that next spot in their career. If they can, you know, maybe it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, I know you turn in your two weeks notice, but you're kind of wrapping up on projects. I'll still pay you, but why don't you turn in your stuff in that way? So you're not just like sitting here doing nothing and you can have some time to relax before your next opportunity starts or things like that. You know, how can you support them? How can you be positive? How can you then go through in that that time you have to get any information that's in their head because you haven't been doing this role now in your organization. So use it as that learning experience. Sit down and have those conversations to find out, especially if it is sometimes a surprise because sometimes employees don't tell us everything, even though we try to have the conversations, really figuring out what could you have done differently? Mm-hmm. What would have made them stay? What would have been that uh, that deciding factor to turn down that other opportunity? Knowing that chances are you're probably not going to get get them to say no to other opportunity and stay with you. But how can you learn to improve as a leader? Flipping the conversation from why are you leaving to is there anything I could have done to made you stay? So you take the ownership of it. And it's going to really change a lot of that, that conversation. I love it. Leave it on a good note and, and make sure that both parties are are satisfied with the situation and, and moving forward. And I think also if you did that and you could hire quickly enough, you could even ask that person to help train the new person coming in, you know, yeah. especially with the SOPs that they create, the standard operating procedures and 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 the and the things that they're doing, even if they're not physically training, they're leaving a laundry list of the stuff that they did on a regular basis that maybe you didn't realize that yeah. they're forming that that um that procedure manual for that role. So yeah, that the 100%. new person coming in can continue. So I yeah. love it. And I've even seen organizations where they're not able to have an overlap between those two team members, but they have uh, hired on that past team member as kind of like a training contractor. So it's like, Mm -hmm. hey, can you give us maybe even four hours of your time for two, three weeks so you can be not 
not maybe not even necessarily the main trainer for that next person, but be there to answer some questions and things sure. like that. Can they reach out to you and things like that? And when people really valued you as an employer, a lot of times they'll say yes, if they can. Um, one quick example that I wanted to share, as you talked about the other team members, see how you act and react to this person leaving. And um, my very first job out of college I was sitting there one day and an old employee who left before I started reached out for a reference. And this company was ran by a husband and wife. And the wife's like, oh, so-and-so reached out for a reference. I'm going to write her one. And the husband flipped out. He said, wow. why are we going to write her a reference? She left us. And the wife said, well, she left us because her husband had to move for, I don't know if it was for school or for an amazing opportunity or something that couldn't be turned down. And we told her she couldn't work remotely because she asked if she could continue with us from a remote standpoint. And we said no. And the wife's like, what was she going to do? Leave her husband to stay here to work for us? No, of course she was going to That's a really smart idea. <laughs> and of course she was going to move with them. Like, we made it so she had no option but to leave us because we wouldn't let her work remotely, even though she asked. And I just remember being that employee and sitting there. And at that moment in time, I said, this is, a, I don't care what I do here. I will never be able to use them as a reference if I'm moving on to something else. Mm -hmm. So it kind, like, it, it kind of switched things for me. It was just like, I knew that probably wasn't going to be a forever career there. It was a small business. The role, I was learning more and more that the role I was in was not where I, where I wanted my career path to go. And it shifted the way you thought but, and you ended up leaving the company because you saw that. Yeah, because it, it was just like, I could give everything I have when I'm here, but what's the point? Because they're never going to support me when I leave. Well, that's sad. That's sad. But yes, you're so you're so right. The the employees do see how you react and in the situation. And, you know, it also sets the character um, for your company and your culture and everything. So it's 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 really important that you treat people well throughout the relationship, even when the relationship yes. ends. Yep. So, so, so speaking of ending, I know we could talk about this for a lot, lot, lot longer. And they're really great tips um, that you've been giving, Jamie, that I know that um, business owners really, truly need to have on their time, on their side when they're hiring so they can hire somebody that can really be worth their, their paycheck. So where can listeners find out more about you? Yeah, so you can learn more about me and everything we do at Growing Your Team by going to growingyourteam.com. We also have the Growing Your Team podcast with Jamie Van Kike, so you can go and listen to that podcast to learn more tips about hiring and leading your team. And if you're sitting here saying, I would love to learn more about hiring employees who are worth their paycheck, we uh, just recently launched an on-demand webinar that you can go and get access to at growingyourteam.com slash worth their paycheck. Love it. Awesome. Well, I think it's super valuable, you know, get some education. Um, we know you shouldn't be hiring alone, especially if it's something that you're just starting to do um, business owners. So it's really important that you get all the tools you need so your hires can be successful and, and your employee can be worth their paycheck. So I love it. All right, listeners, I hope you found a couple ideas that you can put into your business that'll be more profitable. And again, I know hiring is a really important piece to growing your business and growing your profitability. So go check Jamie out.
And then as I mentioned, how would you like to boost your net profitability by 45% in just 30 days? Don't think it's possible? Of course it is, or I wouldn't be telling you about it. Go check out my training called the 30-Day Profit Booster. Remember, this quick and easy profit-boosting strategy can be done without spending more money on marketing, hiring additional staff, or working longer hours. Go get information at 30dayprofitbooster.com. Jamie and I would love to hear your feedback. Tell us what your hiring biggest hiring win was, maybe your biggest hiring mistake, or if you just have a question, hit us up in the comments and we'll reply back as soon as we can. And while you're at it, subscribe. You don't want to miss future shows. And you can always catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. And we're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks so much, Jamie. 